This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This should be played at high volume, preferably in a residential area. Welcome back to Top Rope Nation, your source for the best in pro wrestling talk. I am Ryan Drosty, editor-in-chief of TopRopePress.com, joined here as always by my co-host, the sole survivor himself, Mr. Kyle Ross. Kyle, what's going on? I think that might be one of my favorite introductions you've done of me so far. The sole survivor. survivor. I, I like that one a lot. How could I resist this week? Yeah, I know. I'll, t- oof, I'll tell you what. I, I don't feel like the sole survivor after this last week. <laughs> Woo-wee! A lot has happened since our last regular podcast. I guess, let's see, last week we did do a podcast. It was kind of a preview for what we're looking at doing for Patreon subscribers, um, exclusive shows. We did a kind of a history survivor series where we looked at 1987 to 89 um, but we didn't talk a lot like we usually do on the regular show here in the intro about what's going on in the world and uh wow a lot is going on in the world kyle we had yes. uh well first of all my cubs won the world series improbably came back from three to one that, wait it, we haven't done a show since then? we have not done a show talking about the world series in our bet so kyle and i had made a bet because Kyle lives in Cleveland, big Indians fan, and I really thought the Indians were going to win. I, and I'm going to admit it. I pretty much had lost faith when we were down three to one. I, I told my wife we can come back. They've won three games in a row many times this year, but secretly I'm thinking like I got that Cubs fan mentality. Like it's over. We blew it again, and then we just took it one game at a time, and uh, we had this bet. And so Kyle had to change his uh, Twitter avatar. If you go to at trp Kyle to a Vince Russo picture with the hashtag make wrestling great again <laughs> i just listened to a podcast discussing vince russo in tna and i'd actually read if anyone is an observer subscriber not to you know go to the fourth wall here and admit there's other you know wrestling media outlets but i think everyone's heard of the wrestling observer well, um the newest back issue of that talked about russo's first week in wcw yeah. Oh, God. Here we go. It was not good from the start. <laughs> I mean, basically, that guy got exposed the second he left WWF in 99. I mean, between his horrible ideas in TNA and his really horrible ideas in WCW. Wow. What an awful booker. It's amazing you that he's suck. able yeah, to still like ass. kind of maintain any sort of relevance in this business. Oh, my considering God. 1999 was a long time ago yeah I've, I've often thought that like why does anyone care what vince russo thinks in 2016 like how many times is this guy gonna fail over and over again and we still put stock in what he thinks 
And now I have to have a Twitter avatar of him. How long does that have to last? <laughs> that was by a, the way? It was Did just a week, so you're almost out, I think. Here. Oh, okay, good, good, yeah. good. Because yeah. I, I wanted to like start tweeting it like other people, like <laughs> professional people and stuff. And I was like, you know, I don't want this thing on there. Yeah. So we had the World Series. Uh, it was a good night for me, and I, I was flying high for a long time. And uh, I don't want to get too political here on the show. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> at risk of uh, turning off half our half of our uh, audience here but uh we did have the u.s presidential election which i'll just say shocked all the experts anyone that follows politics it was it was a pretty shocking result we're in for uh i'll just say an interesting four years here in the united states Kyle. shocking and interesting are not the words out of use <laughs> well i'm trying i'm trying to stay kind of uh you, you know, are neutral here yeah you are a true podcasting professional <laughs> It was not what I thought would happen, I will say that. And uh not that I was thrilled with either presidential candidate, but um no, I thought one would definitely issue. do a better job than the other. So Yeah, that's a whole as I like to say sometimes when I do a uh uh when I do some football podcasts and I talk with a buddy of mine, that's a different podcast for a different day. That's right. So to speak. Yes. Yes. So that all went down. Um so yeah, if you haven't if you haven't heard our Survivor Series flashback show, go ahead and check that out. Um, you can see it at topropepress.com, uh, podbean.com, any of the iTunes, wherever you listen to the show. Uh, but that is just kind of a preview for what we're going to be offering our Patreon supporters. So if you support the show, if you like what we do for you, go and head on over to patreon.com slash Nation. You can become a supporter for as little as $1 a month, and you will get access to exclusive shows. Uh, like the Survivor Series flashback, uh, we are also looking at doing some live webcasts, uh, like post-show type experiences after pay-per-views, after television shows possibly, uh, but those, a lot of times we're thinking that's going to be like a Patreon-only um, subscriber access deal, so what we are going to do, or what we're looking at doing, stay tuned to Top Rope Press for confirmation, but we are thinking as of right now that we may do a Survivor Series post-game show live on uh, Google Hangouts through YouTube. So, Kyle, you'll have to comb your hair. This is going to be a video stream. So uh -oh. get, get your set ready. Uh -oh. <laughs> we're going to do a Survivor Series post-game show. Yeah, well. <laughs> and this will be on... Uh, this will be on Sunday night, obviously, after Survivor Series concludes. You can you can tune in on uh, YouTube. If you go to uh, twitter.com slash Press, we'll send out the link. And that'll be a post-game show. And that'll also be just kind of a preview for what we're going to do for Patreon subscribers when we do these uh, members-only uh, video casts. So you can look forward to that. And uh, let's see, just so I make sure I got all my ducks in a row here. Okay, yeah, the last thing to mention is... Uh, we did get a hold of some Xbox One copies of WWE 2K17. This is what a lot of our followers have been asking about. So we're going to do a contest. We're going to give away a free copy of the Xbox One, the newest WWE game. Uh, we'll ship it right to you. And here's how the contest is going to work. So what you need to do is go on iTunes, click the subscribe button for Top Rope Nation, and rate us. I'm not going to say you have to give us a five-star review, but if you give us a one-star review, you may not be entered in the contest. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. Send us a screenshot of yourself that you've rated our show on iTunes and that you've subscribed. You can tweet it to us at Top Rope Press. You can email it to topropepress at gmail.com. 
Um, and then we will do a live drawing on our Survivor Series post-game show, uh, which will be live on YouTube, like I said. And uh, we'll announce the winner then. And we will send you a free copy of a $60 video game, the, the newest WWE game. All you got to do, send us a screenshot that you've subscribed and you've, uh, you've given us a rating on iTunes. Pretty good deal, Kyle. What charitable people we are in these <laughs> tough times. Yes. So we got to throw out a thanks to 2K Sports for sending those copies our way so we can do contests like that. And you guys, you guys are really benefiting because I got to tell you, I bought the game on release day, paid my $65 with tax for the PS4 version of the game. So you guys are going to get it for free and all you got to do is send us a screenshot and have a chance to win. So that's the rules. That's what's going down. We'll announce the winner Sunday night. So, uh, what a deal. And you get all our great analysis too, free of charge. That's right. Flying high. Pick your spirits up. If you've had a rough couple of weeks, like we have. Again, that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Uh, all right, Kyle, you wanted to talk about the Joey Styles situation. So there's oh, been a oh, lot. Yeah, I wanted to talk about it. Oh, I yeah. Know. Well, I, I want to talk about it, too. But there's been a lot with Joey Styles and what happened uh, with him announcing Evolve this past weekend. It led to a little bit of discourse amongst our staff, uh, among readers on Top Rope Press. Uh, we had a column up on the website by Abby Arthur. We had the original news story. Kyle, do you want me to break down what happened, or do you want to you want to give a voice to this issue? You can offer do the overview and the intro, and I'll provide my voice as a response if that's okay. <laughs> I suppose that's okay. So, okay. as so, we produce live on the air, this is always fun. <laughs> like testing my memory, what exactly happened with Joey Styles? Okay, so. As you guys know, Joey Styles, he he left the WWE. He was fired from the WWE for um, comments that he had made on a Facebook Live video, I believe, if I'm remember, remembering correctly. And yeah. so he's been doing some independent work. And he's working for Evolve, which is one of the, uh, the top independent promotions in the country. And he was announcing Evolve 72 on Saturday evening. And I didn't see it, but from all accounts, it was a really good show. Uh, it was the first show Evolve had streamed on Flow Slam, the new streaming service for independent wrestling companies. And there was a very controversial statement made by Mr. Joey Styles. Um, so he was referring to Joanna Rose of Evolve, and he was on the microphone, and he said live, Joanna, you look great tonight, and if our next president were here tonight... He'd want to grab you by the... And then he cut himself off. So uh, this was obviously a... It was Joey Styles channeling, as our headline said. Uh, channeling the president-elect of the United States. One of the most controversial statements Mr. Trump has made in the past. So, Kyle, I know you had a strong opinion on what happened with Mr. Joey Styles. Have yes, I did. And just to go back to the one of the very first things you said... When he was fired from WWE, he was fired for comments, nothing like this. He was he was kind of ragging on the product. I can't remember specifically what he said, but it was, you know, and, and there was some actual validity to some of the things he was saying. But, you know, I, if I remember that story correctly, it was almost like he was trying to get fired. He was kind of like burying the company and like almost daring them to fire him. And then they did. Uh, but this was a whole different thing. Um, so where to begin? Like most right-minded people, 
I was not surprised with and totally agreed with the decision to fire Joey Styles. Um, by all accounts, he did a very bad job on commentary all night. Uh, I, don't, I think that's universally recognized. He was terrible. Um, not that that's relevant to the discussion we're about to have. Uh, and certainly made Gabe Spolsky's decision a lot easier, I think. But um, I don't think it's actually that relevant. Um, the fact that Gabe had told him not to say anything political also made the decision very easy. But again, I don't actually think that's relevant. Had Joey Styles been doing a good job on commentary and had Gabe not told him not to be political, he still should have been fired for what he said. Yeah, no doubt. There's just, there's just, you, you just can't say that. And I know, like, it, it was a little disappointing that people used it, this opportunity to talk about the wrong things, I think. Um, and I respect that people don't want to be political, but there's really no way for this not to be political because of what he said. I mean, he quoted the next president of the United States. So it has to be political. I mean, if he had just made a sexist remark, Okay, I can see not referencing Donald Trump in that regard, um, but he quoted him. He basically quoted the most, I don't want to say popular, I don't know if that's the right word choice, but um, the most well-known misogynistic statement in America in 2016. And it was happened to be uttered by the next president of the United States. If you don't want to be political, well, then blame Joey Styles or blame the next president for saying it. Don't blame the messenger. So... The issue was with some on the staff, I know, that and, and I, it wasn't just limited to people on our staff. I actually saw this argument being made um, on Twitter by multiple people, a lot of people who actually I respect and I, I disagreed with them, that the use of Trump in any headline reporting this Joey Styles story was just clickbait and was wrong to do. And I disagreed with that wholeheartedly. And I wrote a very lengthy uh, response to Abby's piece uh, at topropress.com saying why well, I disagreed with it. Um, you know, I started off by saying I don't like click. I mean, I understand what clickbait is. I think everyone does. I don't like it. No one does. Uh, I referenced it. I'm not, I don't want to single anyone out because I think that's unfair when you do it. But the example that came to my mind when I thought about clickbait when I was writing my comments was um, a PW Insider hotline from a few months ago. I think it was Mike Johnson that did it. And it talked about, you know, there's going to be like a major raw absence or some, something had fallen through for a raw uh, appearance coming up. And I was like, oh, what's this? And well, I didn't know there was a major appearance coming up. Who, who could this be? And it turned out to be the freaking Muppets. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Okay. So like I was not really amused that I had sat through it. I mean, there was some probably good discussion before it. I can't remember what Mike Johnson may have talked about on that. But, you know, that is clickbait to me because and, and because, you know, the story you're giving is just like totally misleading. Like yeah, nobody, yeah. like I'm, I'm, maybe there are some people out there who like them. I don't like the Muppets personally, but maybe there's some people out there that are, but really the Muppets appearing in WWE doesn't mean a hoot, you know, it, it, it's worthless. So that's clickbait. Um, this was not clickbait. No, it was, you know, Joey Styles channeling Donald Trump is exactly what happened. Yeah, that's what our headline was. Channeling yes. Donald Trump is exactly yes. what he did. And the example I provided, um, you know, of something else that would just be, you know, the, to me is apples, apples. If Joey Styles had come out there and said, do you believe in miracles? We 
you could have said Joey Styles channeling Al Michaels. Right. Now, that wouldn't be very interesting or, you know, it wouldn't be headline worthy. But, you know, I mean, mainly because that's just a quote from, you know, whatever, 36 years ago. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that this was relevant and it was done. So so I, I thought the headline on our site, I'm not just defending our site. I'm defending anyone that did it. I think like the Observer actually changed their headline, which I was mm, a little disappointed. You'd back down just because people, um, you know, I mean, you should listen to your readers and whatnot and, you know, always take a pulse of what people are saying. But, you know, I thought they were pretty quick to take that down. I was I was kind of shocked by that, quite frankly. Um, you know, the point of a headline is to get people to click. I will point out we are a website. <laughs> where yeah. the goal is for us to write headlines that make you want to click and come to our website. That is the way this thing works. Uh, there is a line of decency, certainly, in that. And, you know, what I referenced before with the PW Insider Hotline, I thought crossed it. I, this did not cross it, in my opinion. Um, getting back to the idea that Joey Styles, um, you know, the story here was that he was just a, he, he's a shitty announcer and they needed to get rid of him and this was, you know, just a minor piece and a terrible um, night of commentary. Uh, I, I just disagree with that. I don't think that was the story. I mean, he was really bad. And yes, he is an overrated commentator when he's not being produced by Paul Heyman. But that's not the story here at all. It no. just is. No. I mean, and well, I even reference, I mean, he's probably only had one good call in the last 20 years. One night stand, 2005. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean. I think like a lot of things and some people don't want to hear this. I I've, you know, at the time I thought it was really cool. I was 17, 18 years old, but you know, with some benefit of hindsight, there's a lot of stuff from ECW that's been exposed. Like once you took it out of that environment and Joey styles is one of those things. Like, you know, you go, you go back and look like a lot of like 97, 98 ECW was pretty terrible actually. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you took and a lot of those performers, when they went on to WWF or, or WWE and uh, WCW, they didn't really do very well. And, you know, people made excuses for that. But at the end of the day, um, you know, maybe they just weren't that good. I, and, uh, but yeah. again, that's not the story here. The story is not. Yes, Joey Styles sucked on commentary. He was very bad. But even if he had been very good. And had then said that phrase, he should have been eighty sixth. Period. Point blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'll admit, uh, we got a lot of tweets to us about our headline and the way we covered the story about like, defending uh, or linking it to Donald Trump. And uh, I'll just read you two of the tweets here. So one one person quoted our story where it said, uh, or actually, this isn't even the headline. This is our this is our tweet advertising the original story. It says Joey Styles quoted Donald Trump at Evolve seventy two and was fired as a result. So yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> but uh, I got a tweet saying, "No, no, no! Joey Styles sexually harassed a woman the same way Trump did, and rightfully got fired." Moron. Okay, uh, I got another tweet here. He was fired because he made a sexual assault joke. Please correct your misleading headline. Moron. Yeah, how about no? Because our headline, like you said, is exactly what happened. There's nothing clickbaity about it. Uh, I thought your PW Insider, like the Muppets thing, that's that is a perfect example of clickbait. Uh, yeah. I've written for websites that definitely have used clickbait before, where they've changed articles I've written to like a really crazy headline, and then people would come bash me, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm, 
I'm not the editor. I don't write the headlines and uh, don't bash me. And I agree that is clickbait. Well, I'll tell you right now, this, this story that was written by uh, Tony Quant on top rope press, I wrote the headline. He wrote the story. I did write the headline and I stand by that headline. There is nothing clickbaity about it. And it's exactly what happened. He channeled Donald Trump. He quoted him word for word. And even Gabe Sapolsky said he got fired because he got political. So that acknowledges this was quoting Donald Trump. And that is why he got fired. All right. Two things here. And and this is, I think, the real meat of what I have to say. Uh, You you said it best. He quoted Donald Trump. And he used the not only that, he used the exact phrase Donald Trump said. I'm actually just reading from my quotes here. There is a. 0.00001% 0.00001% chance that he would have uttered that exact same phrase if it was not for Donald Trump. Yeah. So it's, be, I mean, again, he could have maybe just made some other sexist comment. Uh, if Donald Trump not said what he had said way, way back when on that bus. But the bottom line is he quoted Donald Trump and only said that phrase because of Donald Trump. He channeled Donald Trump. This just wasn't, any sexual um, or uh, pardon me, sexist comment or advocation of sexual assault. It wasn't just any normal case of that. It was a very specific statement in reference to the president elect. Um, And and here's where maybe we'll lose some people and because it will get a little political, I'll say. And and that's just, I guess, I don't know. It's up to you. You can cut me off if you want. But um, I followed with my comments, you know, after I'd written to Abby what I thought, um, you know, that sexism, sexual assault, it's a it's a systemic issue. It's not limited to Joey Styles. Like people who are up in arms about this, if you really are up in arms and you should have been up in arms about it, you know, it's not a closed issue once Joey Styles gets fired. There's root causes here. And, you know, people may just want to escape from politics. And I respect that. I mean, it was a tough week for a lot of people. Maybe they just watched Evolve to forget about the world. But I just don't get how the cause of what Styles said isn't the fact that the president of the United States, the next president of the United States said the same thing. Yeah. I, I just don't. And, you know, I said here, I don't know Joey Styles. I really don't care to. Um, maybe he's a nice guy. Maybe he isn't. I don't know if he's inherently sexist. He kind of owned it uh, in some regard with that open apology. Uh, you know, there, there was some discrepancy from the flow slam guy. Uh, what's his name? Jeremy Botter, whether or not he was upset. And I, I know I wrote that, that, um, you know, Botter said he was actually upset. Styles in his open letters, like, well, Jeremy Botter wasn't very upset, but I, you know, apologized anyway. And Botter's like, well, actually, I was kind of pissed. I was just you know, also concerned about Timothy Thatcher at the time would suffered a concussion. But, um, yeah, I, I just, you know, um, uh, with styles, it just, you know, he said something so terrible that he, he got what he deserved. And I applaud Gabe and the wrestling community as a whole for the quick and swift action they took. Um, styles, you know, he wanted to be the voice of the Indies he's not gonna be the voice of anything. I don't think for a very long time. Uh, yeah, that's fair, I think. I mean, the guy has a right to earn a living. I, I, I hope it doesn't ruin his life. But, um, you know, in the short term, it ain't going to be pretty. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it's, it, again, this is maybe where I lose some people. But it's very interesting that the professional wrestling industry, the scourge of society, was so quick to, and to denounce what he said and act on it. But, you know, at the same time, a guy says it, it uh, 
um, and becomes the next president of the United States. It, he did not suffer that same fate. <laughs> he got promoted. Uh, yes. so, so yeah, there's here's one more tweet. I, I was just reading through the tweets from Saturday when we sent out the story. One more that just epitomizes everything we've just been talking about. So they had quoted our headline on on Twitter. Joey Styles quoted Donald Trump at Evolve and was fired as a result. And this person quotes us and says... He got fired for joking about sexual assault, not Donald Trump. Moron. Okay. Our headline says he quoted Donald Trump, which is exactly what happened. So I had responded on our official Twitter account, at Top Rope Press, to this person. I said, he was quoting a well-publicized Donald Trump line as our story and headline states. And then this person says, that is not the issue. That is exactly the issue. What are you talking about? He did not pull this line out of thin air. He was quoting the president-elect of the United States, and that's why he got fired, because it was a sexist statement, as you said. Yes. I mean, the issue, yes, is, you know, is sexual assault. It is sexism. That is the issue at hand. I mean, that person's not wrong, per se, but whether that person wants to own it or anyone else wants to own it or not, unfortunately— the next president of the United States is intertwined with sexism and sexual assault. Yeah, it's his quote. It's his quote. That's yes. why he said it. So, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll follow up with this, you know, and I, I wrote this and I, I hope, um, you know, I mean, she, she didn't have to care about it one iota. Um, but I, I hope because I, I really meant it and I, and I didn't, cause I was very careful how I worded everything I thought to Abby in my reply. Um, she hasn't contacted me back about it. I'll be very honest with you about that here on the thing. And that's fine. She doesn't have to. Um, but you know, I, I'm very sympathetic to the issue here at hand, you know, as a man, um, it's very tough and you know, you have to watch what you say. And, and I try to do my best to eliminate these styles slash Trump line of thinking from society as a whole. Um, you know, when you look back through the years at wrestling, especially, you know, the attitude era and the post attitude era, you know, we ripped on uh, Vince Russo a little bit earlier. I'll, I'll tell you what, I thought, you know, when Kevin Dunn really got his influence, things, the, the treatment of women on WWE television actually got much worse than Vince Russo. Some people don't realize that, but it's true. Um, you know, but you look back at that time period and you, you know, you see things like the Dudleys who basically were a heel act and got over his baby faces by committing domestic violence. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing with like putting women through tables, you know, like everyone was fired up and I remember like, seeing like, Oh, well, you know, it's, and like now, like you just, you look back at it 16 years later, you just 16 years later, you just cringe. It's like, yeah. that's really awful that that happened. Yeah. And like, I can't imagine, you know, what that would be like if you're a woman and that bothers you and you're like, wow, look at like 20,000 dudes just getting really fired up. Well, two dudes like just put this poor woman through a table. Imagine watching that with your wife. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be, Oh boy. Uh, that would be tough. Um, you know, and you know, I'll say this too, because this is a group that, you know, there's one group that we really need to criticize that we haven't criticized yet. I mean, you know, we can defend our headline and that's fine. I, you and I are in agreement on that. Uh, but th the most horrible group in this whole situation, clearly, and we need to make this very clear, at least I want to make it clear from my perspective, you can reiterate or add your own two cents, is anyone who's defending Joey Styles, like the I'm with him guy that got retweeted. Like, that's just embarrassing. Like, yeah. like you are really embarrassing. Like, to defend Joey Styles in this situation is just it's just beyond reproach 
Yeah, there there is no defense. It was it was just a distasteful joke. I think I think Styles was actually, and if you read his apology, it becomes pretty clear he was actually uh, he's actually no Donald Trump fan. Actually, it sounds like he was uh, kind of by using the quote, he was kind of pointing out how ridiculous the statement was. Agreed, but it's not. You know, again, here I'll make it. I'll be. You know, I'm not going to defend one. Um, political party the other here i'm just saying that like that's just not the right way to do it yeah i mean there's ways to if you if joey styles wanted to um you know challenge the president-elect there are much other better ways to do it than what he said yeah much better ways as a matter of fact i can't think of any way that wouldn't be better than what he said (laughs) (laughs) period point blank I, i just i don't think like if you are looking to um yeah, um, you know, protest verbally the president. I, I just really can't think of a worse way to do it because it wasn't really taken that way no. by everyone. It, it just wasn't. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, if he had said, and pardon my French here, I, I don't know if you've got a buzzer on the old editing thing, but if he had said, fuck Donald Trump, you know, on the live mic, <laughs> that's more effective than what he did. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... And less offensive, by the way. What's that? It's less offensive. Yeah. It's true. And what he's. It's true. Yeah, if you if you guys have a strong opinion on this issue, I'll recommend um, if you go to topropress.com, go to our features section, and you will see an article written by Abby Arthur, our associate editor. It's called Women Wrestling and the Perversity That Is Joey Styles. I will say this because I want to be fair to Abby. 95% of our article, I completely agree with. Oh, I, just, yeah. I, I absolutely agree with everything she said. I mean, she kind of, and I think she's in, you know, her being a woman, I think she's in a lot. I think it means a lot more coming from her to talk about, you know, the sexism that has pervaded in this, in the industry of professional wrestling for many decades. Um, you know, it's only really been cleaned up, um, even a little bit in the last like two years, which is frightening to be honest with you. Um, then, you know, she took styles to task, um, as a commentator, uh, as she should. Um, and, um, yeah, she said it really well. Yeah. I, I would say I agree. 99% with the whole article. So it, there was just one paragraph on there about like the coverage of the story and how it was portrayed on the website and what we, me and Kyle have just talked about with the clickbaity stuff. And that that's the only part that both of us disagree with. But the rest of the column is uh, it's pretty thought-provoking. And then Kyle wrote in the comment section two comments, kind of uh, just going through all of his thoughts on everything that was said there and where he and Abby disagree. So we had some discourse among the staff there. So if you got a strong opinion on it, you can go ahead and head to that article and you can chime in and let us know what you think. So there's there's two sides to this story and maybe you have a different opinion. That's fine. Let us know. Yeah, I I, and I respect people, you know, unfortunately, I mean, this has been very politically, very the most political version of Top Rope Nation. But then I respect if you don't want to hear that, that's fine. But there's just no dancing around politics when somebody says something like that, there just isn't. Yeah. There, there's no like, way you I, couldn't address I actually it. Think, I actually think you're doing, I actually think some of the tweets, are, no, this is sexual assault, um, is actually doing a bit of a disservice because you're not, you're just kind of making this into a singular thing and not exploring root causes. I mean, again, it's a different podcast for a different day. But there are a lot of issues that have a lot of root causes and it's not simple. The answers, you know, I yeah. mean, um, just because Joey Styles is no longer the commentator for Evolve does not mean that sexism in this country is dead by any means. Oh, that's for sure. Whew, all right. 
Insert wow, Hillary uh, Shimmy right here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A very dark tone here to start the program. Yeah. As uh, <laughs> we now make a very hard right turn, like the true broadcast professionals that we are. And with that being said, it's time for the Survivor Series. All right. So we want to preview the show. Big show coming up this Sunday. Like we said earlier in the show, we will be doing a live post-game show on YouTube immediately following it on Sunday night. Uh, but like we do on pay-per-view weeks, Kyle and I, we want to go through the matches, kind of give our predictions, thoughts on the on the matches real quick. And this is going to be a big show because we also have the big quarterly NXT TakeOver show the night before in Toronto, which hasn't really been getting as much publicity as your typical TakeOver show. Um, but uh, we'll finish up the show with that. We wanted to address Survivor Series first. So before we get to the matches, Kyle, uh, we were talking a little bit off air and we talked about how it hasn't been the most exciting build to the show on television. WWE television has been fairly weak recently, Um, well, maybe a lot weak, but we do both agree that the show really does have a chance to be a pretty good show top to bottom just because of the talent on the card and there is some freshness in the matchups. Um was that pretty much kind of where you're at with the show, too? Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument that it was a little too early to go to the Raw v. SmackDown angle. You know, the first brand split, they did not do it this quickly. They kept them separate for, um, I can't think how long. Did Was the first, other than like Royal Rumbles, was the first Raw versus SmackDown match like Survivor Series 05, which would have been like three years into the first brand. So I, I know there were a few inner brand matches at WrestleMania, but um, did they really actually wait that long? Were they that disciplined? I really think I don't, that I can't might think, be right. Yeah, I can't think of any I remember major that, that matches. Headline, yeah, that headline Survivor Series 05, a Raw vs. SmackDown match. And I remember it, it did a little bit for business, I remember. Maybe even a lot of it. I, I know it was noticeable, and it definitely got over. But um, here, you know, it's only been, what, five months? Four months since the draft. Four months. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty quick. But they hot shot things a lot. And um, I'll say, though, um, it does feel kind of fresh. I don't think they've highlighted what they need to highlight necessarily. Um, you know, it sure was refreshing on Raw to get those commissioners and general managers out of the way and let the actual people who will be wrestling in that main event talk and create some issues. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like when Kevin Owens and AJ Styles started, you know, um, talking trash to each other. I was like, wow, this is a lot better than Shane and Stephanie. I mean, I know Shane will be wrestling, but, um, you know, there's actually something that we paid off here during the match. So, um, yeah, I think there's some stories to be told in these elimination matches. And I like how there's only six matches on the card because the elimination matches need time. Yeah. Uh, to, to do these things. You know, one thing that we started to talk about when we got to survivor series 89, uh, in that last, uh, podcast, that we recorded and people can check that out is once they increased the number of survivor series matches um, and they got shorter, they just got worse. You know, mm-hmm. you can, if you let these things breathe, you can let there's, there's some stories to be told and um, specifically the main events, which we'll get to. Yeah. So the first match we got to talk about here is a cruiserweight title match. And there's, well, there's a good deal to talk about here uh, because we could have, with the new uh, 205 Live show starting, there's a possibility the Cruiserweight title could shift to SmackDown. So you got Brian Kendrick defending against Kalisto. And if Kalisto wins the title and the whole Cruiserweight division comes to SmackDown, which 
logistically would make sense um, based on this new show they're starting. So yeah. do you, which way do you see this one going? Can I just take this match and the Intercontinental match and paint it with one broad stroke? Because I think they're connected very yeah. much. Yeah. Okay. The, the IC title match is Ziggler defending or, uh, you know, Ziggler versus or What's wait, Miz the, the Miz now. That's right. Yeah. yeah. yeah the Miz, Miz won on SmackDown the other night. Sorry. The yeah, Miz the, against the Miz Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn. Yes. Yeah. We had to edit our notes there. Well, we had yeah. this all done. And then the Miz goes and. You know, I don't want to say The Miz ruined any anything because The Miz never ruins anything. The Miz always uh, enhances anything he's involved with, uh, at least in 2016. Uh, maybe his other work, not so much. But to me, and I'm not the first person who's going to tell you this, probably not going to be the last, but either they're going to, um, either both titles are going to switch or neither will, which is interesting because I think you're going to know the result of the second match based on the first one. There's no way that they're just going to add a title to one brand and take away one from the other. Mm-hmm. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. Um, so I was writing last night about SmackDown, like I always do every Tuesday, and it really hit me that I can see them doing the double switcheroo. And you talked about the logistic argument um, about 205 Live going on taking place on Tuesdays, so it would make sense for the Cruiserweights just to be uh, on SmackDown then, which, you know, is on Tuesday, uh, instead of, you know, having them have to, you know, work both Monday and Tuesday. The other argument that I would make is SmackDown doesn't really have a mid-card. It's striking. You know, like, they only have, like, eight or nine male singles wrestlers that are really over and to have two singles titles for them to fight over, that seems like, you know, not a very large pool. Yeah. I mean, who do you, you have the guys on, well, Shane doesn't count, but the other four guys on the Survivor Series team, um, Miz, Ziggler, Cena, when he's around, uh, and then like Baron Corbin and Luke Harper are like eight and nine. Yeah. Now you got so, the Undertaker coming back full time. Yeah, you have, okay, you do have the Undertaker coming back. You're right. When I thought of this, this was before he announced it. But still, that's, that's only 10 guys. And, you know, Undertaker and Cena really aren't going to be in your title pictures. I don't, no. well, Cena's going to be. But, you know, I mean, they're, you know, right now kind of special attractions. So you look at Raw, there's a lot of guys on that brand, Sami Zayn being one of them, obviously, that would benefit by competing for a secondary title. Because with Roman Reigns having the U.S. title, he's probably not going to drop that anytime soon, I don't think. So uh, I can see both titles switching brands here. Yeah, I can see that. Don't you think it, it's it's a little weird though to have the U.S. and Intercontinental title on the same show? I, a little bit I of do. overkill, but it is a three-hour yes, show. It is, uh, and I just feel the cruiserweights. It just doesn't fit on Raw. Like whenever I watch it, it's like you know I feel that you know I like those guys. They they have not been uh, spotlighted well. I'll say that yeah. whatsoever. Uh, they have not been, and I, to be quite blunt. Uh, would trust the SmackDown creative team a little bit more with them because they've shown an ability to uh, do more with less, quite frankly. So um, I just think that, um, yeah, it'd be SmackDown would be really unique. And I'm not even saying from a selfish perspective as the guy who reviews SmackDown. I just think, you know, uh, if it was just kind of like your main programs on top with those guys, you know, your styles, your Orton's, 
um, Cena's, whoever. And then you had the cruiserweights, the women and the tag teams. I think you, that's a good little show. Yeah. Every week. And then Raw can just, you know, it, it almost feels like the show kind of, I don't want to say it comes to a stop when the cruiserweights come on Raw, but it, I don't know. They just feel out of place on that. And it's not treated seriously. You know, I remember years ago, I'm going to date myself here. There was a WCW pay-per-view and a guy had this huge sign in the front row that said Lucha equals bathroom break. And I remember I wanted to like fight him like back in the day. I wanted to like fight this man. I'd never met holding up a sign at a wrestling show. But like, I feel that a lot of the raw audience treats those cruiserweight matches as a bathroom break. If you're really into those guys, it's something that maybe you don't notice. Um, I'm into them, but I kind of get the feeling. I mean, the, the crowd, okay. They'll wake up for some of the cool moves, but it, it just, I don't know. The presentation hasn't been great on raw. And I can see them kind of wanting to make this show somewhat interesting or, or somewhat. No, cause I don't know what's going to come out of these elimination matches. Um, and Goldberg Lesnar is not going to have an immediate impact on TV. I don't think. Um, so yeah, I, I could see them switching both titles. I think, I think they're going to switch because I don't think you can switch just one. Um, like no. for example, if, if Kalisto wins, the IC title has to switch. Otherwise, you got a two-hour show overloaded with titles. So you you have to. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no way SmackDown's getting them both. Yeah, yeah, you have to subtract one. And so I do see the cruiserweight title switching just because of the logistics reason. And uh, so yeah, I do think that Zayn is probably going to take the the IC title to Raw. I would agree and, with you there. And the thing is, Miz believe it or not, has gotten so over this year. I think he actually doesn't need the Intercontinental title anymore. I like that he has it when he had it, uh, a lot more than Ziggler. But uh, Miz can still stay relevant without that title. And then, you know, you look at kind of the rest of who SmackDown's got on top. I mean, that's okay. I mean, Luke Harbour's, he's very talented, but his lot is kind of cast. Corbin, you know, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done with him. I don't know what you do with Dolph Ziggler now, but Truth be told, I don't really care. Um, and then you've got, you know, you know, Bray Wyatt doesn't need the Intercontinental title. Randy Orton doesn't need the Intercontinental title. Um, you know, Ambrose and Styles, certainly. I mean, they're working the world title TLC um, to please don't tell me that James Ellsworth should be the Intercontinental champion. So, you know, there's just really not a need for it to be on SmackDown, to be honest with you. Whereas Raw, they've got a lot of, you know, if they're not competing for if you're a singles guy and you're not in a title program on raw wow do you look unimportant yeah yeah and sammy Zayn's probably the perfect guy to have it to be honest with you although he hasn't been doing much on tv recently well it's a perfect well, chance to give him a little bit of a push because yeah he has been one of the most wasted talents on the roster in 2016 in my opinion. i will i want to say this though if the zane matt zane match the zane miz match is really good. I, it's Zane's very talented, but if that match is as good as I think it can be, and I think it could be real good to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Miz, I hope gets a lot of credit for it because if it's as good as I think it can be, it's going to Miz is going to play a role in that. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear like everyone giving Sammy Zane the credit. Cause if that match is really good, you know, if any match is really good, it's because of both guys, generally speaking. And Miz is, I mean, he's really, uh, had great chemistry with Ziggler. It's going to be interesting to see if he can have the same with a guy who he has not worked with very much. Um, Sami Zayn. Although did they work pre brand split? I feel like wasn't there like maybe a four way for the intercontinental title and both of them were in, I know Miz was the champion. Remember that four way. Yeah. 
review. I want to say Zayn was in that. Yeah, they've they've worked. Okay. Sure. All right. So yeah, I think that match could be really good. I, I don't have high hopes, by the way, for Kendrick Kalisto, which is not the cruiserweight title match that I was really hoping for at this juncture of the game. Yeah, they. I'm just looking. They they uh, wrestled singles matches on Raw and SmackDown in May, May 5th and May 9th, and they they also worked Raw in March together. So they've. Yeah. Okay. So they've they've worked together before. Yeah. There was a four, there was a uh, tag match that they were in in, in May also. Um, yeah. Yeah, they've been in the ring a lot. I think I think it has a lot of potential. I think that's probably the match you look at and think this could could blow away all the rest of the matches. Especially Well, yeah, it's just different. I mean, because yeah. I mean, you know, there's only three singles matches on this show. I don't think the cruiserweight one's gonna have a lot of heat. And, you know, Lesnar Goldberg is very much a special attraction and a different animal, mm-hmm. which um its success will will not really be judged by work rate. Yeah. Yeah, so let's let's throw the next two matches together, kind of like we did with the first two. So okay. we've got we've got the women's um, tag team match, and we've got the and that's a Survivor Series match, of course. And then we've got the tag team Survivor Series match, which has just a ton of people in it. So I saw tap. I saw you had written in your SmackDown review that uh, that you you thought the tag team Survivor Series match probably is not going to live up to like what they used to do back in the eighties. No, and we talked about that, and it was, you know, it's really refreshing to go back and watch those first two Survivor Series shows and see what the tag team division once was. It's just <laughs> nowhere close in 2016. Sorry, sports fans. There's just not a lot of compelling stories to tell in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm looking at the teams. that The SmackDown side is, is quite frankly, kind of weak. I like American Alpha. Uh, I like the Usos' heels. You know, Slater and Rhino are over. Um, believe it or not, Brazango's kind of made me laugh the last couple of weeks with the fashion police gimmick. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's 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 very much a opening card kind of shtick. You know, I mean, I you know, I think Brazango and the hype bros are destined to open every SmackDown house show against each other now for the next two months. Yeah. So um as I have a dog jump on me right now, I apologize. <laughs> as if that was a loud noise. I'm gonna try to still be a broadcast professional here and do this. Um I don't know who wins here, and I don't know if it matters, which is a problem. It doesn't matter. I think SmackDown's going over because they need to win more. Like like you said, if you look at the SmackDown side, it's kind of thin, kind of weak on you know top-level talent in the tag team division. The Raw side, not that it's great either, but some of the names are just a little bigger if you look at what's gone on in the last year or so in the tag team divisions. So I would say I four think, of the five teams have purpose behind them. Yeah. On the raw side, uh, the shining stars being the exception. I mean, what kind of story do you tell here? I mean, I, I, I'm not really, I'm kind of almost at a loss, like how you even book this to make it compelling. Yeah. I have no idea. And I'm glad I'm not in charge. <laughs> just say that, but I, I don't know. Just, let me just throw it up there. I mean, make this match interesting. Yeah. If, if Ryan Drosty was handed the book here and they were like, Ryan, make this match interesting. What do you do? I'm not, you know, I mean, you give them obviously you should give them some time. Um, you know, I'd like to see American Alpha get time to shine. Um, you know, I'd like to see him work against Gallows and Anderson. But I mean, that's not going to blow the socks off anybody. New Day and Enzo and Castle do some shtick. I mean, what am I missing here? I mean, Rhino and Slater can do some shtick. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what the great storyline is here. I almost see this as well, the storyline's got to be that like one team costs another team to match 
I'm, yeah, I'm thinking like Survivor terrible. Series 93 where Brett and Owen were on the same team and Owen got pissed because he got eliminated because he ran into Brett on the ring apron. And that kind of started off their feud. I, yeah, I, I think something terrible, like that could happen. The, 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 they've got to be careful because they can overuse that as a crutch a lot in this show. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the, the, with the men's match and the women, the, the, I think there's more. Um, you can get more heat with some certain pairings in those by doing that than doing it here. Yeah. I think I, I just, I don't know. Cause I mean, there really isn't a tag title program even lined up for Slater and Rhino. Um, yeah. For TLC, you, and that's in a couple work weeks. The American alpha angle somehow get them arguing in the match or one of them causes the yeah. other ones to get pinned. Yeah. Um, Pick, so you think smack, <sighs> I, I feel like SmackDown here. I'll just go ahead ahead of the game here. I think SmackDown is going to win this match and the women's match and lose the men's match. I think they'll they'll put the raw guys over as like the supreme main eventers, men the men's single See, side. I think I think SmackDown will win the men's match. And then these other ones can go either way. Yeah. Could just because the perception they may want it. Because I think the men's match, that result means more. I I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss. Maybe it'll be like nineteen eight the nineteen eighty seven one we talked about, which when you look Look at the result. The Killer Bees and Young Stallions survived. It really served zero purpose in the history of the WWF. <laughs> Maybe whoever survives this version 30 years later, it will serve no purpose in the history of the WWE. Well, you know the Young Stallions are going in the Hall of Fame this year. They just haven't announced it yet. Oh, boy. It Pat served Pat- a purpose for 2017, yeah, they- the Hall of Fame in Orlando. Yeah, yeah, the Pat Patterson wing. hey <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. So... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can I can see this. That's the that's the problem with booking a show where where we have the brand split though is that uh, you can't really go anywhere out of the match because they're not going to encounter each other again for a long time. Yes. So you you right. have to do something that leads to you leads to a program on your own show. That's why I think something's going to happen with either the winning or losing team where there's some tension, and that's probably where the theme is going to be here. Think has there ever been a match since we've been doing this podcast where it's like. I just don't know who's going to win, and I don't know if it even matters. Like, I <laughs> can't think of any any precedent like this match. Probably like, just the, the other pre-show ones, matches. I some, yeah, I, I guess, but, you know, the other matches, I can make com- cases for compelling things to happen. I just don't know, like, what's that? Com- I mean, like, does American Alpha facing off with the New Day? I mean, does that really, like, make you want to do cartwheels across the room? <laughs> Not really. No. I mean, there's some pairings on the other ones that, okay, yeah, I'll get into that. But, oof, not this one. Yeah. So, Pat, have you picked someone to win? You picked the SmackDown side to win? SmackDown side, yeah. Which team will survive? I'm going to say American Alpha. They're going to get the rub here. I just think there's too many over teams on the Raw side compared to SmackDown for that side not to win. I'll go to make sure the crowd is happy. I'll say New Day and Endzone Cast. Both two teams survive. Okay. I'm going to go with. That's my official projection. All right. I'm going to say American Alpha beats New Day. And they're the mm-hmm. last two teams. Okay. So with New Day, with their you know long title reign going on, that's something that American Alpha can harp on is why they're the, the tag team of the feature. They beat the New Day clean. Okay. Uh, women's match wise, I just feel like everyone looks at the raw 
roster of women as like the superior female brand that uh the smackdown again the smackdown side needs the win i'm looking at this as needs a win versus doesn't need the win and i i see the smackdown side going over again here okay this one unlike i i agree with you that the raw side is perceived as better um but at least there's some compelling things you can build to at the end and that are going on here so you know you talk about the partners feuding um, certainly you have that dynamic here on both sides. Um, it, by the way, there was a spot on SmackDown last night that I thought should have gotten over a lot more than it did with the live crowd. Um, I don't know if you caught it, but you know, the raw women were all beating down Nikki and like Carmella was looking on and she was supposed to be confl- Hey, that's my main rival getting beat down, but it's my teammate for this show on Sunday. And she like kind of was thinking about it. And then she like went in to like help Nikki that spot should have gotten over a lot I thought and it didn't and I kind of blame the weak brawling that was going on yeah in the segment they did I thought that they they everyone just looked lost in that segment that was out there the performers I feel it was scripted well I think you know a lot of times people blame you know the writers and creative I think that was that was actually a little bit more on the performers I thought it was scripted out well for them and the performers did not get that storyline over properly i just want to say that but you know you've got nikki and carmella could cost each other the match obviously on the raw side you've got the charlotte bailey sasha dynamic i think what i'd like to see this come down to is you know kind of the four horsewomen the friends i'd I'd like to actually see it be becky by herself against charlotte sasha and bailey and then becky can maybe pin one of them and then succumb to the other two okay is what I think. I think that is a good. I think the crowd would really get into that if those are the four left at the end. Yeah. And there was kind of that pause, you know, at, you know, some of these Survivor Series matches that get time. There's always that pause to let the crowd kind of soak in, you know, what's left. And sometimes it gets over, sometimes it doesn't. I think that would get over personally. So you got the raw side winning. I have the raw side winning. Um, with again two of the three Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey. Um, you know, they could actually have Becky to save face. She could pin the champion Charlotte, but then lose to her friends, Sasha and Bailey. I could be way off with these. I'm just, I don't know. I'm thinking things that would amuse me. Um, I think this is why this could be a good show is it is kind of unpredictable. Yeah. I'm going to go with, you know, Sasha and Bailey to survive here. Okay. Another another one, because I think, you know, after these long matches, maybe there's not a lot on the line. You want to make the fans happy. You don't want to lose them. Yeah. In the show. So Sasha and Bailey are my choices to survive. Okay. Uh, so I'm going with the SmackDown side, and I'm going to say Becky and Alexa survive. Oh. And they work that into the rematch that Alexa wants. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. I can absolutely see that. This match is one of those ones that clearly will be a lot better when they clear the dead weight out early. Like, mm-hmm. you know, no offense to Naomi and Alicia Fox, but they should probably be the first ones eliminated here. Carmella. Um, yeah. Um, although Capiche is really underrated, but yeah, <laughs> they could do something with her, Nikki Bella to, you know, screw that team up. And then, you know, I, I see them protecting Nia Jax with like a DQ or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where you know she gets DQ'd for just 
being like roughhouse tactics or something like that. We talked yeah. about this, like how they protected demolition in that tag match, the one we talked about mm-hmm. um, on that last episode. So I could see her being protected here. Okay. But once once they get kind of the lower tier out, I think it could be really good at the end. Oh yeah, definitely. So the men's match, Raw versus SmackDown, you got Owens, Jericho, Strowman, Reigns, and Rollins taking on Styles, Orton, Ambrose, Shane, and Bray. Like I said, I picked the Raw. I have SmackDown winning the previous two Survivor Series matches, and then I have Raw here just because I'm trying to think like Vince McMahon thinks. And if you watch the last brand split um, back in the mid-2000s, it seems like the Raw title always held more weight. And I'm looking at this like Vince thinking he wants the Raw side with the Raw world title kind of playing a part in the, in the match or the universal title. He wants that side to uh, to look stronger. That's why I'm picking Raw. See, I look at it the exact same way you do, but I'm making a different conclusion. I'm actually going to give Vince McMahon some credit and say he's going to look okay. Raw is the perceived better brand. We need to put SmackDown over here. So I'm wow. We actually disagree on all three matches here. This is fun. <laughs> um, this is one where there's a lot of good storytelling to be done. Um, they haven't done a great job building it on television. There was that one segment on Raw, but you've got you know Owens and Jericho as the friends. I, by the way, um, this is something we've not had a chance to touch on. It was announced apparently that it's Owens and Reigns at Roadblock. Um, I, I just want to say that. Owens and Jericho. It's not the main. It shouldn't be like the Mania title match for Raw, but that to me is like the money match on yeah. Raw, right? When they, when they finally split, I'm really looking forward to that. The crowd's anticipating it's good, so there could be some further teasing of dissension between Owens and Jericho here. Um, you've got you know Strowman and Wyatt on different sides. You know Wyatt alluded to that in the promo. I thought that was good. Uh, you've got the Shield split up on two different sides. Uh, you've got AJ and Dean who are going to be working each other at TLC on the same side. Um, you know, Randy Orton, what's he doing of late? There's some good stuff. I mean, really, the only one who doesn't have anything compelling coming into this match is Shane, but he's so ungodly over with the crowd, and I don't know why, that I think that's okay. I think this match could be really, really good. Oh, yeah. Anytime uh, but, AJ's in there with Rollins. Yeah, and I, I think... You know, and by the way, AJ and Owens, the two champions, that drew some reaction from the crowd when they were teasing that. I think that's going to be a hot segment in this match. I'm going to say, God, I, it'd be so awful if Roman Reigns won this match. Like one of the most all-time awful things. But they'll have to have somebody. You know what? AJ Styles wins this match is what I'm going to say by himself. I'm going to say Seth Rollins to get that babyface push over. Oof. How's that baby push coming? That's my Vince McMahon logic coming through there. Well, he's not. I mean, he's working Jericho at the next pay-per-view, allegedly, reportedly. Yeah. I mean, he's not even going to be in the main match. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to it's say. It's an unpredictable it's show. Different. We're going to have a lot to talk about on the post. Yeah, we, we really will. I mean, I, I'm really, I, I just hope they let, even, it's one of those things, like a lot of these shows, I'm like, oh, I hope I'm right. Yeah, I better be right. If they do what I don't say, you know, that's stupid. Um, This is one where I'm just kind of intrigued to watch back. I hope they give all three of these matches room to breathe and tell some good, compelling individual storylines of the matches, even if they don't, you know, can't be played out the next couple of weeks on TV because it's um guys on different brands. Hopefully it 
you know, they have some stuff that leads somewhere yeah. um, in, in some fashion, whether it's to the Royal Rumble or, you know, to something at WrestleMania that, you know, I'm really, uh, I'm really looking forward to what they do here. The, this match, I don't think it can be quite as good as the standard bears of the best elimination matches we've seen. Uh, I meant to bring this up to you. Best elimination matches I've ever seen at Survivor Series. 01 WWE versus Alliance. 03 the match for Austin's career where Michaels tapped an artery. And the one with Ziggler a couple years ago, even though they threw that storyline away real quick. Mm-hmm. Where Sting debuted. Yeah. I think this could be right below those three, believe it or not, if done properly. Yeah, I would. if I had to choose one, I'd choose 01. Okay. Yeah. That was just so interesting because, like, I hated that. I was so <laughs> – I hated the storyline so much and hated how they'd screwed it up and hated that they were wrapping it up so quickly. It was almost hard to enjoy at the time. But, yeah. God, when you look at the games – and you look at, like, the team that was representing WCW and ECW, it's, like, comical. <laughs> Who was on the team. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of potential here. we got a good show on our hands, hopefully. Um, if it's a bad show, it's going to be a, a long night for us after on the post game show Sunday night. <laughs> well, I, we do need to talk about Brock and Goldberg. So here's what I do want to say. So I've said here on top rope nation, since this match was announced, I was pretty vocal about, I thought Brock and Goldberg, that Goldberg would be booed in this match. And everything that's happened since then just reinforces my opinion. And I've, I've seen a lot of people in the wrestling media talking about this in the last week or two. And they're all kind of saying what I was saying weeks ago, that Goldberg ended Bret Hart's career. The show's in Toronto. Um, you can go back and listen to our shows three or four weeks ago. I'm talking about this. I I just think, I know WWE wants Goldberg cheered in this match. I don't think it's going to happen. Brock lives in Canada now, like we've talked about. I think Brock's going to win. And I think the crowd is going to love Brock winning. Much to Vince's dismay. That's something else we need to talk about, too. Something else that can make the show kind of fun is the crowd. Toronto, first pay-per-view in a while. It'll be interesting to see crowd reactions here, who they cheer for, because the face-heel dynamic in these elimination matches really doesn't matter so much. The the fans are just going to pick their favorites. Yeah. The live crowd. So it's going to be really, I think this is going to be a really good litmus test of who's over uh, in this company. Uh, I kind of... Look, I think Goldberg's done a great job in the build. I think give give the man a pat on the back. It, it may all be for naught. Uh, you know, he's 50 as well, and he's not, you know, I mean, he's hurting himself, tearing his T-shirt off. That ain't a good sign when you got to take a few suplexes. But I think he's done a really good job um, building this match. I just hope it's not a catastrophe like the last time. Yeah. Goldberg Lesnar's going to win though because he's staying around. And th- I think the thing to watch is the most interesting thing coming out of this match is does Goldberg make you want to see him again? That's to be honest with you the most important thing in this he, match. He claimed in a recent interview that uh this is going to be it. This is the last match, well, but you know, I, you know I think WrestleMania is looming and if this goes okay, Vince is going to convince him for a big payday at WrestleMania especially if he doesn't get that reaction that he wants, like you're talking about, yeah. you know, if he kind of really wants to like ride into the sunset, like a hero and, you know, hugging his kid and everything, he may want to do another match. Mm-hmm. God, I wonder if the, did, 
did no one we, we, we talked about this. You're right. Like when the, they, the rumors first started, I mean, this was more than three or four weeks ago. It was months ago. I feel that we talked about this. Like, did no one in the room stand up and say, hey, guys, Toronto ain't a great Goldberg town. <laughs> no kidding. That's where I, I, that's I guess, where Brett and Goldberg did that nitro angle where Brett uh, had the yeah, steel the plate, plate on. Yeah, they cheered that like crazy. I mean, the, I will say this, though. Yeah, Lesnar does reside in Canada now, but he's not Bret Hart. That should be pointed out. No, but they're going to be thinking Bret Hart. They're loyal to Bret Hart in Canada, and Goldberg ended his career. Legit. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. 18 years ago, they're holding against the the guy. (laughs) So we'll see what happens, but I I do think he's going to get booed. Maybe I'll be wrong, but I've been saying it for a while, so we'll see. So that's Survivor Series. Uh, We're running out of time here, but we do want to do NXT preview real quick. Now, I will say... The NXT show has a lot less hype than usual yeah. for a takeover show. Uh, if you look at the card, there's a lot of potential here for a great show. It's just the weekly television has been not getting the kind of interest it was a year ago. Um, so well, there's been, there's been changes of the creative team. It's true. That. It's the, true. The creative te- the creative team from NXT uh, has largely been upgraded and now is on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, in a related story, SmackDown's a lot better than it used to be. <laughs> Yeah, so that's definitely a part of it, the roster turnover. Um, I guess the big two matches, you got Joe and Nakamura. I'm thinking this could be Joe's, one of his final NXT matches, if not the last match. Um, okay. I don't know I don't know what you've heard lately, but I had heard that Joe was slated for SmackDown, possibly coming up at the uh, end of the fall. This was a couple months ago. But uh, this, this seems like a good time for him to... Uh, okay finally go to the main roster yeah i don't know what you do with him because he's not going to win here now that's part of the issue i think with this show is that everyone knows nakamura is going to win uh they're, they've really got to put on a good match and the kind of good news is they didn't set the highest bar in brooklyn so i'm expecting a better match than what we got from these two in brooklyn it was a good match but it wasn't great it was like the third it was the maybe the third best match on that show mm-hmm at best, I mean, the, the, the women's match and the tag team match were much better, I thought, personally. Um, yeah, so I've heard as well, with my ear to the ground, that maybe some new guys are coming to SmackDown. Um, you know, that they do need, and maybe, so maybe that whole argument I made about the Intercontinental title is going to sound really foolish in a couple of weeks. But, um, yeah, I, I could see uh, uh, Joe losing here and then going to the main roster. I know originally when they first brought him to the company, they wanted to program him with John Cena. Uh, and that's been delayed for whatever reason. But um, I, got know, a, I got a whole other theory on John Cena with the uh, with the Undertaker's return. Uh, so take this is nothing to do with NXT, but real quick. Um, Taker has been rumored to be wrestling Cena at WrestleMania. I have heard that. Um, they've got the whole storyline of Cena going for his 16th world title. Yep. I think Taker's going to win the SmackDown title from Styles at Royal Rumble and defend against Cena at WrestleMania, and Cena's going to beat him for the 16th title at WrestleMania. Okay, that makes complete sense. But what is my caveat that I hope, you know, from the, hey, do we know that uh, Toronto ain't the best Goldberg town? What is my caveat that I would bring up? If you were Vince McMahon and I was one of your writers, what would be my duty? 
to bring up to you? Now that the writer might be too scared to bring it up, but what should I say to you when you the scenario you just laid out? Well, Taker would be winning the title in Texas, where he's from, at the no. Rumble. No, think about WrestleMania, the final step there. Cena beating the Undertaker at WrestleMania for the, the title. Hardcore, the, the most hardcore fans. Yeah, Jesus right. Christ, would he be booed out of the building? I mean, that would be all. I mean, in the only way, and, and here's the thing too, like the 16 is supposed to be such a big deal. I don't know if they have the stones to do it or if it's even a smart move to do. But I always said, man, if they wanted to do the John Cena heel turn, the best way to do that would have him be beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Well, I don't think it's as big of a problem now that Taker has lost at WrestleMania. If this happened and it was Taker's first loss, the crowd would completely lose their shit. But I don't. I, I think great. now that it's how, happened. In, in retrospect, how kind of great would that be? Yeah. Like, I, like I kind of wish that Cena would have been the guy, like, and if it would have led to a heel turn, like, how great would it be if, like, Cena, like, ended the Undertaker streak <laughs> and just got on the mic and just, like, started just, like, pointing to all the fans and calling them stupid marks? Yeah, that that would be good. <laughs> I would have liked it. <laughs> I, I've wanted to see a Cena heel turn for a long, long time, like a decade. So, yeah, I would I would have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, so, that's my theory. We'll see. We'll, okay. have, we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that in the coming weeks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the rest of the card, real quick, let me just run it down. Uh, Mickey James making her return, taking on Asuka. That could be a good match. You've got the... Yeah, but again, though, no, no chance of a title change there. No, no chance think. of a title change. But Mickey James could stay around. Uh, they said this is a one-off, but she's talked about wanting to stay long-term. So, if it goes well, that's the drama watching. If, if it goes well, they could keep her around. Um, yeah. It's not quite like Goldberg. It's not the same dynamic, obviously, in terms of star quality. But yeah, you're looking for somebody who, yeah, I mean, can they look good still after a long time, after yeah. some time off from a WWE ring? Yeah. And two or three falls, t- tag titles, Gargano and Ciampa versus the Revival could be an awesome match. Yes. I mean, that could be the best match of the weekend. It's, it's in the running. Oh, yeah. I mean, I thought it was one of the best WWE matches of the year at uh, Brooklyn. I wasn't surprised by that. All reports were that they were tearing it down on the house shows leading up to that. Um, you know, they haven't been working the house shows against each other recently because the the uh, worked Dawson injury. But um, it'll be interesting to see what they have in store. Either we get a title change or we get Champa turning is my two turns that we are the two ways this goes. Right. Right. Yeah, I predicted that. I think the last takeover show I was talking about the Ciampa Gargano feud and uh didn't happen, so this could be a good time for it. Yeah, it's it's one of the two. Either either the story ends really well or it ends really poorly um for the team yeah. of DIY. And then the other two matches, the Dusty Classic Finals, Authors of Pain and TM sixty one and Bobby Roode and Dillinger both have a lot of potential. So Yeah, I think that's kinda of, am, am I like the only one who's like disappointed in the tournament final being authors of pain in tm61 tm61 i mean like i think that's kind of a weak final i mean i know you okay you want the two top teams are working the title match and you're pushing authors of pain but i don't know man like this isn't like a i'm not really looking forward to that match that much no they are they are going old school though uh with, with paul ellering being in the cage above the ring or whatever. Yeah. I, I kind totally of like the NWA right here. Yeah, I like like the nod to Jim Crockett. So that's moderately amusing. Then again, since it's the same crowd who once chanted "Who are you?" at Paul Ellering, I don't think uh, 1986 Crockett's going to be on their mind. <laughs> that's true. And Rudin Dillinger, if that opens the show, certainly a lot of 
potential there with both of those guys. Dillinger, <laughs> God, that's a guy you want to see in the main roster. He's been paying his dues for like what, 10 years in development? Yeah, but Rude is the star. Oh, and, yeah, no doubt. And, and Rude, Rude's got to go over here because to me, Rude Nakamura is the money program on this brand. The next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, like I said, Dillinger to the main roster at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they could transition. Him I to know the main Dusty was a, a big loss. fan. Yeah, Dusty was a big fan of Dillinger. I know. So, yeah. um, you know, he's kind of been a little lost at sea for a while. Yeah. So that's the card. We'll have plenty to talk about on the uh, show next week, as well as on our post game show, uh, right after Survivor Series. Probably, we'll probably go on the air on YouTube maybe 30 minutes after the show ends or so. Um, just just stay on our Twitter feed at Top Rope Press. Of course, stay tuned to topropepress.com. We'll be talking about it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Historical Ryan. You can follow Kyle at TRP Kyle. And uh, I do want to get in, of course, if you're not already subscribing to us on iTunes, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Uh, Give us a rating. Like I said, if you send us a screenshot of you doing so, you'll be in the running for a free copy of WWE 2K17 on the Xbox One, which we'll give away Sunday night on the Survivor Series postgame show. Check us out at TopRopePress.com, Podbean, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Any closing comments, Kyle? No, I don't think so, believe it or not. uh, I'm all out of words. (laughs) It's amazing how a man can just talk so continuously for so long and then just have nothing left to say. (laughs) Hey, we covered a lot of ground tonight. uh, Strong show, in my opinion. It's been an excellent show. I would rate our show five stars. I might actually go to iTunes right now and rate our own show five stars. Is that legal? I don't know the way. Hey, I've done it. I'll admit it. I've done it. And uh, speaking I don't of give which, five star ratings a lot. Remember, <laughs> it's true. If you want to support this show, by the way, also, and you like what you hear and you want to represent us on your chest, you can get a Top Rope Nation T-shirt, which is a throwback to the old WWF All American Wrestling logo. Go on over to ProWrestlingTees.com/slash Top Rope Press. You'll see that shirt as well as our other Top Rope Press merchandise. Uh, Pro Wrestling Tees does have a 20% off sale coming at you for Black Friday week. So check that out next week. I believe it starts November 20th. Perfect time to get yourself some Top Rope Nation gear for 20% off. So uh, check that out. And uh, we will be back with you Sunday night for the Survivor Series postgame show. We'll catch you all then. Thanks. Thanks.